When I get nervous, say something relatable. I'm hella relatable. That's hella legit and I really Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 20 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to what's the big 2-0, right? I think our first night show. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the big 2-0, and it's our first night show. I am in sunny Los Angeles, California. It's not sunny right now. The sun is setting. Uh, So we've got a bit of a time difference here now, Joe, but we're still going to make it work, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, we gotta we gotta give the people what they want. We gotta give Nate Nancer what he wants—a big <laughs> follower of the cast. Um, yeah, a lot a lot of weird stuff happened this past week, um, and I was getting him in bits and pieces since I was moving. Of course, it's a lot of work, uh, and it's I think it's even weirder to get this stuff in bits and pieces because I'm just like, what is going on? Um, no clue what was going on. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about with Ellie in Second Wind, which we will get into later in the show. Um, but a pretty crazy week. We'll we'll start out with some events though, Joe. It is uh, it is Contenders playoff time for season three. Uh, all around uh, in in every region. In fact, while we're while we are recording this, um, currently Atlanta Academy is playing XL Two Academy. In the semifinals of the NA Contenders, uh, just a couple hours ago, a couple hours ago, Giganti uh, won European Contenders. So congratulations to them. And then I believe um, we have some Korean Contenders action uh, coming up pr- pretty soon as well. We got we got tons tons of Contenders action. What, what do you think? What do you think so far? I know you're a big Philly Fusion guy. You root for Fusion Academy too. Fusion University, my bad. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been good. Like I said, that that uh, series in the semifinals is coming up next. But uh, but yeah, talking about the, these EU finals, I was watching a little bit of those earlier. Um, yeah, really cool to watch. Uh, uh, you know, Team Giganti coming up, especially they uh, they won like four two, I think. So that must have been map six yeah. uh, when they were playing in Hollywood. You know, really excellent play there, uh, completing it and then a full hold to end up that series. But Especially with people like uh, Zappas and Zupe, uh, and also um, Davin sitting on that team, you know we've seen him lots of other things. You know they, they're still really good players, uh, you know even though they've been uh, sort of taken out of the uh, the tier one, the owl line light, you know. But but they're still uh, still definitely really deserving of uh, some of the success they're having, and arguably more. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's they they beat the Angry Titans. This is their second. Angry Titans second uh, contender season in a row, only getting second. Um, but still pretty impressive uh, for them to be in that championship twice in a row. Um, right now, Atlanta it's looking like um, we might get that Atlanta Academy versus Fusion University rematch. I I was telling Joe before this, one of uh, as a busy man, I've barely been able to tune in, but one of the matches recently that I tuned into is Fusion University versus... Atlanta Academy, who were the only two undefeated teams left in Group A, um, but that was a, a disappointment of a game for Atlanta. So that wasn't too fun to watch. But we might get the rematch in the finals. Do you, do you, do you see that? Do you see Fusion University having any chance of of uh, not completing the three peat here, Joe? Um. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, we're looking at 
again, having to take it through second wind, um, and, you know, maybe a hot Lancer team, maybe, um, I forget who they're playing already. Who's this Atlanta playing right now? XL2. <laughs> XL2, XL2, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's another another team that's changed um, relatively significantly here going into this, uh, what, season three now, I guess this is for contenders. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, no, it's hard to say um, that uh, I think uh, they're certainly expected to win tonight and then uh, this finals match, which is soon-ish, I don't know when. Um, but I imagine they get a break probably between now and whenever it is, but um, yeah, that'll be really cool to watch. Um, you know, at some point, uh, you know, as much as I hate to say it, uh, that definitely Fusion has to lose. <laughs> I mean, it's you, you can't uh, can't keep going through that forever. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see uh, if it happens. Um, the finals are the thirteenth. The thirteenth. Oh, so not very much. Not very long nope, for now. Not very much rest. Um, at seven p.m. Eastern time. So yeah, that that should be exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Right after this uh, podcast, I'll I'll look I'll I'll probably tune into that for a little bit too. Um, what else? What else? Korean contenders coming up. I mean, that's the other big one. Runaway has been uh, with their completely new roster. But apparently, that doesn't matter. Uh, they have yet to lose yet this season. The only team. Uh, who who has yet to lose? Uh, they 3 0 Kong Du Panthera in the quarterfinals. They now face a WGS, uh, who barely squeaked by GC Busan in the quarterfinals. Do, do you see another runaway repeat, Joe? I think that's even, you know, uh, I just said it's going to be cool to watch Fusion, uh, but I think that's even going to be a really uh, a more interesting now. Uh, but run to watch, uh, you know whether you whether you watch it live or not because it is Korea time. But uh, to to see that team that's just completely uh, completely different roster uh, than even just last season uh, of uh, contenders. But then again, talking about the, the their whole region has been uh, pretty well uh, well not not decimated, but pr- pretty well pretty well shaken up. Uh, this last wave of signings here for all season two, but yeah, it's uh, definitely you know that's what they're looking for to maintain uh, maintain that uh, team's consistency for sure, even uh, with the name of the program and the organ that sort of thing. Oh yeah, um, very impressive. I, I did not expect uh, Runaway to just come out like <laughs> like this all of a sudden. They just have the best roster once again. Uh, I'm super interested. The huge Kaiser fan over here. Uh, and if, if you didn't know by now, Kaiser's finally back in, in the limelight on Stormquake, and Stormquake uh, plays in the other game against Element Mystic. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty interested in, in that matchup uh, and seeing if Kaiser can make, a, can make a big splash on the scene again because uh, I'm a huge fan of his tank play. Um, but yeah, Korean Contenders is my favorite. I'm definitely going to be tuning into that. And now that I'm in Pacific time, it's a lot uh, less hard to do that. <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Uh, yeah, used to be at like 4 a.m. Now it won't be as bad, I guess. Uh, 2 a.m. Still pretty bad. Uh, but I'll take I'll take it. So that's those are the events. Contenders. Bunch of contenders stuff. It's exciting uh, because it's just getting me more and more hype for, for the real thing, for Overwatch League itself. Um, first... First thing in the news, 
Joe Meister. Uh, Philly Fusion. Man, didn't play at all last uh, last season. <laughs> Got dropped this season. Uh, and now he's going to be uh, coaching for Harrisburg University. So this is... I, this has got to be a first, right, Joe? Like a, a pro player going to not another pro team, not a contender's team, but a university. Yeah, that's uh, it's part of the reason I added uh, added that to our list of stuff to talk about today. You know, it's not, uh, again, not just because I like to follow the former Fusion players, but yeah, <laughs> that specifically to watch this transition, uh, uh, going to coach the Harrisburg University Storm, which is what their team is, so that's kind of cool. Um, they finished uh, 72nd in the TESPA preseason, which is the, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, the uh, the collegiate, uh, the main collegiate Blizzard Games uh, esports sponsoring body. That's a, a way to put it. <laughs> but they, they partner really closely with, with Blizzard. Uh, so out of uh, just under 500 teams, uh, finished 72nd. It's, it's a 4K plus um, team all the way around there at, at Harrisburg University. But that's super cool uh, that I was impressed that that was, um, you know, something that, um, you know, on the one hand, something that they were sort of able to convince him to do. You know, I mean, uh, surely coming out of Owl, you know, your your primary goal, you want to um, coach some kind of contenders, contenders team, T3 team, something like that. But, uh, but you know, lots of these higher level uh, collegiate teams, you know, even uh, oftentimes, you know, find success in uh, in open division and stuff too. I mean, there's there's definitely some really high level uh, competition going on in these teams. Yeah, um, as as to uh, as to Butler University sportsmen, I, I think we're super happy to see to see signings like this. Um, I'm just mad Joe Meister didn't go to Butler. You know, ups. <laughs> <laughs> Upset we couldn't get his coaching talents. Yeah, we only finished um, like 350 places below them. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 basically just as close, you know. Yeah. It's it, it is 72. Um, <laughs> but yeah, super super excited. Hopefully, uh, college esports takes off more and more here. Uh, we might be a little biased, but um, I love college regular college sports. So college esports, uh, hopefully, as good. Now we get into some drama, Joe. Uh, Michael, um, y- you know us. We don't. We don't like. We, we. We. I mean, we don't like the Michael leaks too much, you know. And uh, he's he's back to leaking this time. He's not. He's not leaking rosters. He's leaking full scrims. Scr scrim vods. Um, I, I believe so. I believe how this happened is someone on either. I believe Atlanta. Yeah, it was, I can't it was remember Gator. exactly who. Gator uploaded it to his YouTube channel. He meant to do it private or unlisted, but he made it public. Uh, Michael took this opportunity, downloaded the video, and re-uploaded it to his to his own channel. And Joe, the big deal here is uh, when he does this, he's he's no longer uh, working on it. He's no longer working for himself. He is he is an official journalist. He's working for a website now. Um, and, and that website, they don't, they don't like too much that Michael has decided to do this. Uh, and he ended up getting let go a couple days later, uh, after this, but there's a big, big community outcry. Like nobody, <laughs> I didn't see anyone comment like, 
Thanks, Michael. I, like, I really enjoyed watching it. Everyone was like... Dude, you shouldn't have done everyone, that. Everyone was like, I don't even want this. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because a couple days later, uh, I was preparing for this show earlier today, and I, was, I discovered on his Twitter account, uh, a couple days later, he posted an, an apology video, which was like, you know, eight minutes of uh, basically saying, you know... Uh, I mean, I guess you guys didn't like that I did that, but it was going to happen anyway. And I, I mean, I guess I probably shouldn't have done it, but I just won't leak anything now. <laughs> it's what he said. The I think the video title is something to the effect of you know, you know, why I did it and why I'm done, or something. So I don't know. It That's was a, seems to be the title of uh, a lot of videos he puts out. Um, basically (laughs) that's the gist of it why i did it and why i'll never do it again and then he does it again Um, the other the other notable thing that happened uh though is that uh kangarna's contenders team uh left the org so they're they're phase two now again instead of kangarna uh yeah as a response to that yeah that's kind of crazy <laughs> it's it's insane to just see like everyone like i didn't i didn't expect to just see a collective like just outroar just like just like i don't it's like no one found it useful <laughs> i was like why i don't want this and please don't do this to the players um yeah i can't imagine like if someone did that in like professional sports it'd be like like recording practice and releasing it everyone would probably have the same response like no one no one cares um yeah my <laughs> this was just it, it's funny to me that was that was funny to me and then it was even more funny that like um after michael got like hired by the website he he just got let go because of this like <laughs> he just never learns um, yeah he to see it you do hate to see. It. He just sees a piece of content and he's like, "I need, like, I need to jump on this opportunity, no matter what it is." All right, now we're gonna get into Ellie. We're gonna get into good old Ellie. If you don't know what happened, um, second wind. I, I don't think this was before Contenders started. I think it was like at the beginning, the Contenders season three. They picked up um, this player named Ellie, and there's a lot of mystery behind who she was and um there are no pictures of her no one knew that that if she even existed and then because of it um there was a lot of harassment and backlash uh on onto ellie and then onto uh some other female players in the player base general um and we know female players in video games have not mixed well so far unfortunately um as far as some unfortunate other players reactions to them um which is just sad it's so sad that that women can't get on a game and and play uh without without finding somebody who has something to say about their gender uh now all of a sudden ellie comes in um and it turns out that ellie isn't uh, isn't ellie and ellie isn't even a girl it is um, a guy is his name's Punisher, right? Yeah, I get the impression he's some you know a streamer or something. Yeah, um, he's definitely known because um, 
I don't personally know. I'd never heard of Punisher, but everyone seemed like they knew who he was. Um, Punisher. <laughs> a, a guy came out, basically said that this was a social experiment. <laughs> Which is like the worst excuse ever. I just want to put that out there. It is always the worst excuse. Like, there was this phase on, like, Facebook and YouTube where, like, these prank these prank channels would like try to make their pranks serious by calling them social experiments <laughs> when in reality they were just terrible pranks that actually had no social impact it's what you, it's what you call it when you don't know what a social experiment is <laughs> exactly um, and if, if he was actually putting on a social experiment I think I think everyone almost everyone agrees that um, I have no clue what he found with that experiment or what his results were. Um, that the community does not enjoy female players. Like, we already knew that. Was there a point of doing this besides just making them hate hate on female players even more? Um, because that's all that really happened there. Uh, anything anything to say about this insane situation? I mean, there's there's more to the story. There's more with like Blizzard and how they're dealing with and how Second Wind didn't even know that Punisher was doing this and it's it's crazy, right, Joe? Like, did, I don't think you ever expected this to happen, right? Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things that uh, you, you know it's it's almost hard to speak on, uh, not being uh, not being a woman myself, you know. But uh, but yeah, just the 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 whatever point that Punisher may or may not have been trying to make uh, absolutely I think got lost um, you know in the actual carrying out of it I think uh, uh, I, I like to bring up Jane but uh, Jane suggested that uh, that uh, originally back when we we didn't know as many details uh, that he thought maybe it had been an attempt by uh, second wind to try to um, sort of cover for um, I don't know the name of the other player um, but one of the other players on the team who had recently been um, uh, Haku I think who, who had made some less than tasteful um, sexist type remarks recently yeah. uh, as we talk about you know hey he, well he can even play with a female teammate you know that's something but uh, yeah it's just the whole thing is a mess it's you, <laughs> it's not um not something you want to see for for second wind again particularly if they didn't know anything about it um originally that's um you, you got to ask start asking some hard questions i think there um uh, in uh you know the orc leadership but yeah i don't know it's uh this is certainly not uh certainly didn't do you know anything uh, anything at all really good for uh for the community unfortunately yeah um Really didn't do anything good, uh, whatsoever. Um, and I'm, it's looking like Blizzard's not going to punish Second Wind in any way, which I thought. My first reaction was like, Second Wind needs to like, I, the Second Wind has one of the best records in Contender Season Three. Um, and it's doing super well, so I was like, wow, that could ruin their playoff push if they get punished for this. But uh, Blizzard's probably doing the right thing. Second Wind didn't actually know anything about it, and. I don't know how much of it is. I mean, it's kind of cheating, right? Like the one of your players isn't who they actually are, but second one didn't know about it, and it's. 
I mean, clearly it's taking Blizzard a little longer than than expected to investigate that if they're going to do anything about it. Um, Yeah, this is a crazy situation. I agree with you. Nothing nothing good came out of his social experiment. There's no point in doing it. It, All it did was cause a ruckus. Um, And it was weird and annoying and took esports back a couple years uh, because of it. Very weird. Uh, Bastet short story. We got some more lore, more Overwatch lore um, from Mr. Uh, Michael Chu himself. And this time it's it's not a comic book. It's it's a short story, right? Joe, a nice short story. And I gotta tell you, a short story that's that's one of my favorite mediums. I'm a I'm a sucker for short stories. And um, it's certainly the most easy to produce too, which means you know for all, for all these people complaining about uh, you know we don't have any lore, you know well, this is the kind of this is the kind of content you want Michael Chu to be putting out. Yeah, um, you, you summarized it the point for for me a little bit, but I, I haven't been able to actually read it yet, Joe. So you do want to talk about it? Uh, yeah. So best uh, of this is another uh, another bit of lore with. Uh, Anna, in particularly, uh, we have uh, Anna Amari in Cairo. I think is where she is. Yeah, she's in Cairo, uh, and is uh, you, you know helping out with her security job there, uh, and ran into a conflict between uh, uh, Jack Morrison and Gabriel Reyes, uh, who obviously is soldier and reaper, um, and so is um, nursing soldier back to help back to health in order to get him out there and uh, back chasing after reaper and all of his cronies and so uh so they have they have conversations and and he rests and there's uh backstory involved and stuff but uh so but the two main things that come out of this um then there's a scene um again well Anna and um Anna and Soldier are interacting here while uh, Soldier's recovering, and he had uh, pulled out an old photograph of um, him and uh, let's see, I'll pull this out. Uh, him and quote reading from the thing: a dark-haired man dressed in a casual black button-up shirt. Jack's arm was around his shoulder. Uh, Vincent is his name. Um, and it, yeah, it turns out that. Um, indeed, that they must have had, uh, Soldier goes on to explain, a, a relationship uh, in the past that, you know, boom, big bombshell. Uh, Soldier 76 uh, definitely is gay. Uh, well, the according to the story, gay or bi, but Michael Chu actually tweeted a couple hours later, uh, presumably he was he was uh, pressed by fans that, yes, confirming that uh, Soldier and Vincent are both gay. But... Um, uh, so, so that's one thing that's that's the big bombshell but also story-wise this uh, short story then at the end um, is when Anna picks up a new personality or a new uh, persona I guess not a personality but uh, a new <laughs> persona of Bastet uh, leaving uh, the uh, necropolis uh, which I assume is based on the map uh, the, the 3v3 map or whatever necropolis yeah. uh, wearing this new uh, best head skin based on uh, it's like based on ancient Egyptian sort of mythology uh, with one of the Egyptian goddesses but 
Uh, so it's it's a new persona for Anna and a new Anna skin, and now is the basis of this um, event that's going on right now. Yeah, um, super super cool concept from what I could tell. Of course, I haven't haven't read it yet, but um, that's that's cool. I I don't think anyone expected Soldier Seventy Six uh, to be gay. Um, this I, they they've been talking about gay characters since since the game came out. And they were always um, sort of, <clears throat> they were kind of hidden about it. They they weren't out there about it. And then Tracer got revealed to be gay and now Soldier. Um, and it's funny because um, I have I actually personally haven't gone back to look at it. But apparently in one of the old comics, and I think it is actually uh, the same one in which we learned that Tracer is gay. And I forget the name. It's the Christmas themed comic that came out. Uh, that apparently also uh, we do see Soldier holding this same photo like way back a year and a half ago or whatever but nobody had ever nobody had thought of it thought anything of it until um, until this Bastet short story which is interesting <laughs> but, but but that we, wow. we actually could have known that uh, we could have speculated you know so long ago wow. Tracer being gay was a it was a red herring it wasn't the it wasn't the real story. It wasn't the real reveal. Something like that. That's that's super cool. It was ref- um, reflections. That's the comic. Okay. Yeah. That that was a great comic too. Um, but yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, it's it lets you know that like Michael Chu and the the Overwatch lore team is. It, they they really have had a story painted out this whole time about everyone's personality. And it's cool because um, as a person who has taken a couple of film classes and knows uh, how how to build a has has learned how to build a character, it seems like they have done like what they do in in screenwriting for each each of their Overwatch characters and like just filled out their entire backstory. Uh, before releasing them and then not telling us most of the backstory um, which is it which is a screenwriting thing they you like if you're thinking about a movie you there's tons of things about like Luke Skywalker for example that that uh, these writers know that the audience is never going to know um, they they are just trying to get to know their character as well as they can, um, which is what uh, Blizzard is doing, and why one of the reasons why I fell in love with this game in the first place. Um, more content like this, please, Michael Chu. Uh, new patch, one point three point two, um, or one point thirty two, even one point oh point two. Did I say point one point three two? Thirty two. Um, 1.3.2 is a long time ago. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that was live that, back then. That was before I played. <laughs> Not quite a lot. But no. Uh, yeah, Pat, Patchman Joe, you want to run us through this patch? I know my favorite things on here, which is uh, expansion team skins. But else, what else do we got? Yeah, we actually got uh, several, uh, several different patches here in a, a few, span of a few days. I guess it's they ran into some bugs and stuff, but um, yeah, the, the sum total of these patches bringing this up to 1.32 points. Uh, 0.1 is the official number here, but um, yeah, lots of different bug fixes, which is fine. Bug fixes are good. Um, obviously, this uh, the biggest change here. Yeah, brings in the uh, honest best at challenge um, all the way through uh, January 21st. So that's a week from Monday, assuming you're 
uh, listening to the show, you know, recently after it's been dropped. Um, short version of that, it's very much like the Nano Cola Challenge. Uh, before that, uh, it's similar to the Pink Mercy event that happened. Um, but that you can, if you get nine wins between now and uh, next Monday, um, in any mode, quick play, competitive, any arcade mode, uh, nine wins will get you the best, the best at Honest skin, which is cool. It's an epic skin. Uh, six wins will give you an Ana victory pose, which is her sort of crouch with her uh, sniper rifle. And three games will get you the best at um, player icon. And they're also doing Twitch drops. Uh, there's, see, does it say how many streamers? There's lots of streamers uh, who are streaming in, during this time period with drops enabled. Uh, they've got five um, sprays from this best hit short story and from this new lore that we got uh, that you can win from watching Twitch streams up to six hours. Uh, again, between now and January 21st. And also, if you uh, buy $20 or more, um, in the uh, specifically of Overwatch products, in the Blizzard Gear Store, you get a free Ana Ana Funko Pop. So if that's something you're interested in, uh, now's your chance to get a free Ana Funko Pop. That's cool. Um, and yes, that's all those details there for uh, for the Bastet Challenge. But also live in this patch, like you said, the um, the Owl expansion team skins are in the game now. So uh, if you were waiting on you know something official to let you know that you can start buying your new skins, now is the time. It's, li- it's live server. You get home and away for, uh, what, it's 100 Owl tokens, which is like $5 still. Um, and there's 20 teams now. So go have, yeah. go have fun. Spend all your money. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other biggest thing, again, other than lots of bug fixes, but uh, was that they made some um, spectating uh, adjustments, which are super cool. Um, that the, there's a Reddit post going around somewhere. Uh, it's probably old by now, but you could probably dig it up, uh, showing off some of these, or you can go mess around in a custom game of your own. But uh, status effect icons now show on the hero's portraits. So, like, if you're doing the third first, the third person free camera, um, and up in the top right and the top left are like the health bars and the um, ultimate status of all the heroes. Now it'll also give little icons um, if you're frozen or hacked or EMP'd, which I guess is also hacked, or uh, bionade or flash or slept, uh, anything like that will show up there in the uh, top left and top right corner. So that's cool. Uh, they've added an over-the-shoulder spectator camera, which I haven't really um, investigated with, but I guess I, I get the impression this is just a new uh, a new way of sort of idly spectating a hero rather than first-person or the the uh, you know back and above third-person. Uh, so now there's an over-the-shoulder mode, so that's kind of cool. Um, and you can also mute uh, voice lines while spectating now, so that's. Um, you know, if if you're the Overwatch League and you really don't want um, any of Mickey's personality to show through in the game, you can <laughs> you can mute the voice lines and um, and prevent any of that from happening in season two. Oh so that's definitely happening, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, those are all the changes that are made on live. So not really any balance changes. Um, this is sort of a and I think that's reflected in the number of the PTR patch we're looking at, but. Uh, but yeah, that's the live patch that is again live right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Super loud. I'm, I, I'm finally settled here. I finally got Wi-Fi. I'm about to log into Overwatch tonight. Lots to do tonight, Joe. Lots to do. Um, along with the live patch, we got a PTR patch as well, Joe. Do you, this one has this one has some hero balance stuff, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the big one with this one, and it's there's there's some pretty big changes. It's it's only three heroes, but they're and and a big change across the entire roster. Um, but this is probably one of the big biggest PTR patches in a while I think in the opinions of most what what, what do you got Joe definitely yeah this is um, you know sort of the uh, what people are calling the anti-goats patch again so live is 1.32.0 um, this PTR patch is 1.32.1 um, and so yeah four major changes here uh, we'll start with Reaper uh, his lifesteal on uh, the reaping which in case you never read the flavor text on reaper's passive um that is reaper's passive when he gets life seal from the damage he deals uh it's been increased from 30 percent to 50 percent uh again on ptr uh so for every left click he'll now heal himself for 50 percent of the damage that he does uh diva's defense matrix the cooldown has been increased from one second to two seconds and you say to yourself well defense matrix doesn't have a cooldown well that's because you're <laughs> you say that because you're not a diva player um but no it's after you um stop right clicking uh, to stop using defense matrix currently on live there's a one second delay before you can use it again on the ptr now there's a two second delay before you can use it again um, so that's the effective cooldown that we're talking about here. Um, I think that's it's also one second or two seconds before it starts recharging, um, right? Yeah. 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 I don't think that changed at all, but it's been like two seconds for a while now. It's been pretty long. Yeah. Um, Brig again uh, has had a nerf. Uh, <laughs> there's there's continu continuing the streak of um, every successive. Uh, Every successive patch since her release, she's had some sort of nerf. Um, that uh, the rally armor that she gives, um, I think it's only like 75 or 100 armor now. Um, that it is the maximum from her ultimate, but now it will only last for 30 seconds. Uh, the the uh, patch notes are sort of confusing. They just say the rally now has a maximum duration of 30 seconds, uh, but that doesn't mean the brick will be. Um, zooming around being glowy for 30 seconds <laughs> uh, but no, no the armor that she gives now will only last for 30 seconds uh, which is pretty huge you know uh, based on the structure of um, especially high level overwatching with with team fights and stuff you know that means that um, the tanky 300 hp zen with shields is only going to be around for uh, you know 30 seconds at a time in between rallies um, and so you know that's really uh, reducing some of the importance of that, uh, obviously not the effectiveness, but uh, certainly the importance of that rally armor. Uh, but what does reduce the effectiveness of the rally armor is this fourth change that's on the PTR, uh, which is just a general armor nerf. All the way across the board, every single hero that has armor, uh, the damage reduction from armor has been reduced from minus five points to minus three. Uh, and so if you don't know the mechanics of armor, basically what... Um, armor does as opposed to regular HP in Overwatch is that for every instance of damage that you receive, whether that's um, you know a widow body shot or or a headshot or whatever or um, a tiny little pellet off of Tracer's guns or um, a, a far rocket or whatever 
um, um, or, or an ERISA, ERISA it's a bunch, a bunch of different ways, whether it's coming at you all at the same time or what. But um, every little instance of damage that there is um, on the live server currently, uh, if you're dealing damage to armor as opposed to health, that damage will be reduced um, by either five points or by half, whichever is less. So it's essentially a maximum of uh, five points of damage reduction uh, for armor. Uh, but this has now been reduced uh, to three points. Uh, you know, so for example, if a little diva pellet at point blank range used to do, uh, you know, twenty damage, which was reduced to fifteen with armor, now it's only been reduced to eighteen or seventeen uh, with armor. So it's uh, it means essentially that all of these instances of damage are now going to be more effective against armor. So this this kind of um, you know, tanky rally uh, situation we've got uh, in theory is going to become less effective now because uh, essentially every single uh, every single damage dealing source in the game essentially has gotten a very 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 small buff um, and it depends on the hero exactly how large this buff is but uh, and, and there's people in reddit who've done all the math that you know some heroes have actually gotten you know as much as like a 30 or 40 percent dps increase um, just purely based on these armor changes. Um, so it, it, another side effect um, that this comes up with is that the uh, the tanks that don't have armor, uh, particularly Zarya and Roadhog, um, actually get a little bit of a buff in this situation because the tanks that do have armor, um, you know, that's that's less of an advantage for them now. So that uh, keeps tanks sort of on a more even playing field. Uh, although obviously it's not not really quite the same um and this does even affect um lots of support characters too you know obviously brig with uh you know lots of her kid is focused around armor and armoring up her teammates but also um that if armor is now less resistant to damage that means healing it is going to be worth a little bit less than it used to um and so your healers are gonna um uh, you know who knows if they feel it or not but it uh, mechanically there's going to be a difference there for the sort of the value that healing armor uh, as opposed to healing HP uh, will provide. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, it's a big. Uh, it, it seems like a big change, you know. That's that it's going to affect lots of things in very very small ways, uh, but overall, it's it's going to be a really significant um, change. And I think part of the reason that's, or th I think that's part of the reason that um, lots of the pros are interested in getting into this PDR pretty quickly, um, because yeah. in fact, uh, even yet tonight. Um, I I don't guess I don't need to send you to it because it's probably uh, most people who listen to this it'll probably be over by then. But uh, um, tonight you can go back and look. Um, I know Jane and lots of professional Overwatch League players um, are going to be playing some PTR pugs tonight. Um, and I think looking at lots of these changes uh, again with the Diva nerf, the Armor nerf, um, the Brig nerf, and the Reaper buff because Reaper is the only counter to Ghost's lull. Um, which is just all I have to say about that. But, uh, but, but you know, they're calling this, this is the anti-goats patch. And uh, whether that's true or not, it's definitely going to be shaking things, shaking some things up. Um, I, I was, uh, Jane had a really good sort of summary video. Um, that, that's where I got uh, lots of the things I'm talking about here. But uh, that was one of the things he said that uh, it's going to definitely change up some of the tanks that we see. Uh, you know, whether or not 
Goats gets out of the way originally because it's a very fine-tuned composition right now, but um, mm. there are it's definitely more likely that there are things that um, exist now to counter it uh, much more effectively than yeah. they could have before. Oh, yeah. Um, this is... This should be huge, but I'm just so... I'm so wary after all these patches that were like, this is it. This is when GOATS ends. This is the patch. But this should really be the patch, shouldn't it, Joe? This should be it. Like, I, I, I can't believe I didn't think of just, like, reducing um, how good armor was, because most of the heroes used in... Um, I mean, most tanks have armor, but the reason Briggs so good is because she provides armor, and armor is so powerful, um, and it's so it just it, it helps everyone um, everyone out so much. Rally's an insane ultimate because of it, um, and Blizzard. Uh, this was a smart one. The Overwatch team. This was a smart one. I didn't think about nerfing armor, and uh, this is smart. Um, I'm excited to see those pugs tonight. Uh, hopefully, in those pugs. A team plays goats to see if other comps can be effective against goats in this in this nerf. Yeah, um, it, to see how see how structured it is. It's like you know, tell. I was I was trying to think of you know an owl team that would be good at goats, but I guess we don't really know because they never really play goats in season one. But mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's very true. I guess it's a team with really good tanks. Yeah, uh, Houston. Houston would be good. Houston's a good tank team. They don't. They don't like DPS too much, except Linkser. Yeah, there you go. So have Houston play goats, and then have um, Boston. Not Boston. Uh, I was gonna say have Boston run dive and just see what happens, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> <But> know. They, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited for big changes. Um, everyone loves loves changes and. Uh, Jeff talked a lot on, on streams about um, some things and metas and how everyone's complained about every single meta. And I, he makes good points, but it's it's just annoying to see one meta at a time. But I I kind of want to put the part of me wants to kind of put the blame on the players, honestly, because it, to me it I I it feels like you could try some things, you know? It feels like you could counter goats with something in the game um, instead of just goats counters goats. Like, I just I just want the players to try harder to counter goats instead of playing goats against goats. But uh, I guess that just wasn't efficient for them. They probably know better than I do. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I ought to clarify my, uh, my comment about Reaper. Um, is, is, yes, clearly, you know, Reaper and a uh, Reinhardt in a one v one, you know, we know which one's gonna win, but, <laughs> um, but uh, that to 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 be able to think that you know Reaper counters goats and that's all there is to it, um, is a, a little bit, a little bit misleading. You know, obviously Reaper's super vulnerable before he gets up into his close range, um, you know, so I think it's gonna be difficult to try to fit him in. Uh, as easily as, unfortunately, some people in the ladder are going to think that he can uh, here after this buff. Yeah. But, uh, you, you know, because, again, Farah, for example, is really good um, still against lots of these tanks, uh, you know, in some ways better than a character like Reaper or Junkrat. But at any rate, uh, this it's certainly, you know, a buff to him. So <laughs> if that's something you wanted, yeah. that's something you're going to get. I'm just I'm excited for Hitscan to be a little little bit better because armor was like sold like they were saying soldier and 
Oh, these heroes are just having trouble killing these tanks because armor is so strong. I'm excited for those little buffs. I'm excited, like you're saying, buffs to anyone that deals damage in the game is nice uh, because they need it. Um, season 2 preview. We, we want to jump in? You got any other news, Joe? I mean, I guess we could... We could tell you because while this was happening, Atlanta beat XL2 3-1, and they are officially going to the NA Contenders Finals. There you go. Um, so congrats to them. Fusion, congrats to them. And Fusion University is up 1-0 <laughs> over Of course, so we might get that rematch. Yeah. Fun um, stuff all around. But yeah, super fun. Season 2 preview is also super fun. Season 2 is coming up so soon, Joe. We're almost there. Um, we're we're about a month, about a month away. That's crazy. Uh, if you if you haven't been listening, I think like the past four episodes now. Do we begin at episode like sixteen or seventeen? That sounds right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, about four episodes now. We've been we've been previewing um, we've been previewing season two teams, the expansion teams, the teams who are returning. Um, we've been going through them all. We've been telling you guys, giving them an off-season grade. How are their off-season moves? Uh, how is their roster looking? Uh, then we let you know who we think is going to be a standout player this season. We take a look at some anticipated matchups and storylines. And then uh, we give you pr- our prediction on how well they're going to do compared to Season 1, if they were in Season 1. Um, or we just tell you what place-ish we think they're going to get. Um, and it, this is all leading up. Oh, uh, I was say, and if you can't get enough of this kind of um, analysis, they are doing a series on overwatchleague.com, um, going through all these teams individually as well. I know they've done New York um, and Florida and Shanghai and Boston. I don't know who all else, but... Um, London, Houston, they've done a lot at this point. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're getting right through... Uh, right through the roster here but quick way quicker than us yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so far if if you if you want to listen to your team's preview so far we've done shanghai vancouver dallas chengdu houston london atlanta boston and philly uh those are all in previous episodes go check out the descriptions of the episodes to find the exact teams per episode uh but today we are adding three more teams to the gauntlet before we get back into our two-team uh, previews a week. Uh, of course, we missed a week, so we had to we had to add some more per week. Uh, but, Joe, let's start out with uh, maybe the should-have-been Season 1 champs, the New York Excelsior. Uh, this season, this offseason, um, New York Excelsior... Basically, they cut they cut a player, they cut Janice, and then they added some players from uh, their academy team, XL2, Nene, and Flower. Joe, what do you, what do you think of NYXL's offseason, even though it was uh, not filled with too much? Yeah, no, I think this was the uh, fewest amount of roster moves that we've seen, I believe, uh, from any of the season one teams, uh, which makes sense. Same amount as same amount as London. Same amount as so. London. Okay, well, yeah. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, you know, considering the uh, the success that we saw from both those teams, um, obviously London winning uh, the the grand finals playoffs um, and New York finishing the season with the best record in the league. But you know, there wasn't there wasn't much that either team really needed. Uh, I think it's definitely fair to say. Um, 
uh, dropping Janice, obviously, um, moved to Washington Justice now, um, and picking up, um, Nene and the DPS player formerly known as Nanohana. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, so I think I'm going to, I'm going to say this also about San Francisco Shark. We're going to touch on them later, but, um, I think New York is another one of those teams that's going into season two with, um, an abundance of DPS players, um, uh, which, you know, if that's, if that's the way they want to roll, I think, um, it definitely can be helpful to them. And I think in fact that New York is probably, um, could, probably can be the most comfortable team um, doing that. I think um, going into season two because of um, the reliability that they have in the rest of their players. Uh, you know, Mecha Mono, amazing tank duo, um, and Animo Jonak Arc uh, on support, really being able to um, to pull up in there. And so, um, you know, in theory, being able to enable whatever. Um, crazy DPS things um, end up happening with Sabiobli and Flower and Libero and Dene and Pine um, all signed the roster. That's that's half the roster <laughs> is yep. is DPS players for New York. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's not many, uh, not much you had to change. I think uh, for this for this team for sure. And but they, um, you know, clearly saw things in their in the XL two squad that they really liked, uh, so they want to be able to en- enable those players. Um, yeah, so I mean, you you, you can't really um, you know improve over what's not to be improved on. So I mean, you know, they um, they certainly did what they needed to do. That's that's worth an A. Yeah, hard hard not to give NYXL an A. Like the the they only could have made mistakes this off season. That's yeah. Um, well, it, and that's pretty- you know, there is the possibility that exists. Um, you know, that they did make a mistake this off season, and we discover, you know, that. Um, three roster moves was not enough for for yeah moving into season two but at least for right now it's not looking that way oh yeah definitely not i mean this was in my opinion it could and maybe should have been i mean just just some chokers here i don't know what it is with nyxl and and choking but they they did it and i don't know how they improve on that but um, they just got lack, lackadaisical at the end of the season and didn't perform as well, which is unfortunate. Um, but I can't not give them an A. This roster is still one of the most talented in the league. Um, so they're not losing much with Janice. They're adding Nene. They're adding Flower. I mean, I can't give. I can't not give them an A. <laughs> they just have to not play Minecraft during scrim blocks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Uh, they would have got an A plus if they uh, dro- if they dropped Minecraft from all their computers <laughs> officially. Did, did um, they put out an official statement? Say. Yeah, we've officially uninstalled Minecraft from all NYXL computers. Friendship ended with Microsoft. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. We made a deal with Microsoft to make sure Minecraft goes nowhere near their computers. <laughs> Okay, NYXL, I mean, you got, this is such a talented roster. How can you pick one standout player, Joe? How could you do it? Uh, I'm going to have to make you right now. You have to. <laughs> yeah, and I think for me, um, well, I, I don't know. There's there's two answers I could give here. Um, and uh, you know, number one, I could say um, I really want to see, uh, well, Two answers I could give. One answer I will give. So the first answer is uh, that I want to watch these XL two 
XL2 players come up and try to step in um, and really find their place on this roster that obviously had so much success here in the past. Um, but the answer that I'm going to say instead is I want to see how uh, Season 1 MVP um, ends up with his Season 2. Um, you know, obviously, um, Jonak really doing a, a lots of big things uh, for NYXL, especially on the Zenyatta, but, um, you know, in a meta that's... Uh, you know, it's definitely going to be a different look uh, for Zenyatta play, I think, um, in Season 2. And just whether whether we run into similar sort of situations with him or not is really going to be interesting to watch uh, going into February. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's hard not to pick Jonak. He's got all the eyes on him. Um, I'm, I'm going to go... Who should I go? I mean, I, I'll think I'll go with your first answer, and I'll I'll put the spotlight on Flower, who um, came into the World Cup the year before Overwatch League started uh, with a very big spotlight on him because he was the guy on that South Korea team that everybody knew. Everybody was like, this guy is crazy. He is the best player in Overwatch. Almost everyone was saying that, and... Uh, you had a whole year where he was he was too young to play in Overwatch League, so he was playing contenders in, on XL2, and people weren't as impressed with Flower in on XL2, and I um, I believe at points in in the season season one or season two he wasn't he wasn't on the starting roster even. So interesting that they did choose to pull Flower up um, here on XL2, and we'll I, I want to see him start. And I want to see him uh, impress as much as he used to because we know the talent's there. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Flower does that. I'm gonna say Flower impresses. I'm gonna say Flower loves the spotlight. Maybe he just didn't like it in Contenders. Um, it wasn't no wasn't land, big enough no for him. <laughs> exactly. He didn't get a stage to show off how great he is. Uh, XL2 or X, XL, not XL2. Uh, NYXL they have tons of rivalries um there were tons of great matchups to see him but who are you most looking forward to to seeing nyxl face off against this season mm. well if you're a uh na contenders fan i think it's it's gonna be cool watching um nyxl versus dallas uh, being able to watch uh, again nene and flower versus uh, zachary in particular uh, mm-hmm. back from their uh, na contenders rivalry but uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be their fusion match for sure. I mean, you know, they're. Um, I want to say they're even on. Um, in the history from playing them, I mean, Philly did beat them in the finals, but like, in the regular season too, I think it was fairly close the record. Uh, I know they beat them at least once in the regular season, but I'll I'll look it up while you talk. But uh, yeah, I think well, I mean that's basically all I'm going to say. That yeah, that's right. that's definitely one of the things I want to watch for is um, uh, New York v Philly, um, and again you know maybe New York v Dallas uh, there in that second thing, and uh, they'll only play Dallas once uh, once in season two, so it'll be cool to watch. Yeah, that will be. Um... Philly, New York, regular season, New York won three to one overall. Oh, okay. Uh, but and then with the finals, three, that's, yeah. That, so that's that's pretty uh, close. Tied, I believe. That's three to three overall since they played three. Yeah, since they played two matches in the playoffs. There you go. Um, 
and almost every game, four of the six times they played, including playoffs, went to five maps. So close every time. I agree with you. That is a great matchup. This, even if it wasn't a tie, um, they they always went to like five basically, and uh, Philly was a great matchup for NYXL. Um, I'm gonna go NYXL London. I think everyone's putting them up as the two best teams going into um, going into this to this season. They're two of the best Korean rosters in the world. It's fantastic when you watch these two teams go head to head. I can't not pick NYXL versus London. It's it's the obvious answer, but I'm going with it. Um, compare it to season one, NYXL. I mean, they have a high ceiling based off season one. Um, but this is, I think we should compare their season one and season two results. Um, not their regular season results, though. Their playoff results, because obviously regular season, they were number one. They were fantastic. They had the best record by um, a lot of games. But in the playoffs, they fell, they fell short. So I think the question for NYXL is not how well they can do in the regular season, but how well they can do in the playoffs. So do you think they will do better, the same, or worse in the playoffs, Joe? Uh, that's a good question. You know, I think it's definitely um, going into going into season two. This is definitely their season to lose. Um, the, you know, in the sense that uh, they've got lots of expectations riding on them uh, here for New York. But yeah, are they able to um, are they able to come out and, and pick up um, a more definite um, uh, season two win? You know, I think it's definitely possible. Um, there's plenty of exposure i think uh, now into season one uh that they're able to rely on in a field of uh, you know so many rookie teams now but they're definitely going to um they're definitely going to be able to to match i think season one that's um that's that's easy to say but uh but i think it definitely has the potential to be pretty close uh, coming in to see if they're actually able to top anything yeah uh I'm going to go same. I think they lose in the semifinals again. Um, I, I, it's so hard for them to do better um, with with so many so much more talent coming into the league. And uh, after last year's disappointment, and after lots of disappointments in playoff situations, it's hard to it's hard to give these guys, um, especially with. I mean, the last time we saw them was in stage four in the playoffs, and both. Just the meta was leaning towards something that NYXL wasn't particularly the best at. So um, I think they still got a very talented roster. I, I don't think they're going to win it all. Um, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see who I think is going to win it all eventually. Though this it's a little bit of a tease. We move on to another team. I gotta say, all three teams we're doing today. I think uh, I think we get we're getting some good offseason grades and near some good placements honestly because we got some good teams now we're going to our expansion team of the day uh over in the pacific hangzhou spark the old pink and blue team of course uh they didn't have any changes they just had additions because they're a brand new team but how, how what do you think of their roster what grade would you give it joe uh yeah i think um i'd have to go through i haven't thought about um based on the eight new expansion teams we have and going through and ranking them. Um, but I think it's definitely fair to say that this is, is one of the better ones um, uh, of these new expansion teams that have been added. I know uh, we were talking a little bit before the show about uh, 
some of the other power rankings that we've seen people put out. Uh, and I know Hangzhou, I think, was like number four. Um, it reinforces the uh, end of season power ranking. He was uh, really confident in this team, but I think that there's definitely some re- some um, you know good reasons for that. Um, and, and again, I like to reference the World Cup um, just because that's the most recent time we've seen lots of these expansion team players. Uh, but Gushui uh, uh, and I think also Nosmite. Um, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't in a World Cup team. But Gushui, obviously, main tank for Team China in the World Cup, really had uh, lots of success. Uh, Crystal was in there also, I believe. All of a sudden, I'm unsure of myself. Uh, but, but but lots of really big names. Um, uh, from Korean contenders in particular, um, uh, we've got DPS, uh, DPS duo Bazzi Godsby from X6, uh, as well as Rhea and Nosmite uh, coming in alongside Gushui on the tank roll. I mean, there's, there's lots, um, lots of really cool things built into this roster, in addition to whatever the the coaching and the um, the practice can do for this team. Um, the, the like I said, I think it's it's one of the um, expansion teams that I'm, I'm the most confident in and that I'm the most excited about, um, which definitely says something. And you know, that you've got to love the pink and blue. That's that's mm-hmm. you know you know built in. That's got to give you at least a, a a grade or a half a grade bonus. I think. Um, it, yeah. So I mean, uh, what more could Hangzhou have done? I mean, not much. They they didn't try to go for some sort of gimmick, um, like uh, like Chengdu did. Sorry, Chengdu. Um, was that Chengdu? That's this has got the old Chinese roster. I think it yep, is. Yeah, that's Chengdu. Yeah. Um, um, and you know they're, uh, I, I think they're just they're just going for really good talent where they can see it. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna. I, I mean, I don't. It's, it's another situation, you know. I don't see uh, much reason to not give them an A. Maybe I'm just a, a kind creator. I don't know, but we'll find out. Yeah. Um. I I agree with you. I'll give them uh, I'll give them a B plus here. I agree that this is one of the the uh, expansion rosters that I'm most excited about. You can't not be excited about Gushue, like you're saying in the World Cup. And uh, I've talked about him before on the show, but I'm super excited about Godsby. I've I've been a big fan of Godsby. Um, and overall, just. I don't know. This this expansion roster is impressive. They've they've got some X six gaming, X six gaming guys. X six has been um, fantastically successful in in contenders um, more in season one than season two. Uh, and then you got some seven guys. I mean, they were t- they were taken from X six and seven. Um, lots of numbers. Uh, and. and um, both those both those teams weren't as successful in season two contenders as season one, but they definitely have the talent. They definitely have the talent there, and then uh, getting Gushui is fantastic because I, after World Cup, he was definitely one of the most sought out players. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I'm gonna give him a good old B plus. You couldn't have done much better, uh, Hangzhou. You you honestly couldn't have, but um, you, you did well, and I I agree with reinforce that they definitely could, could surprise some people. Who's going to be their standout player, Joe? Hmm. I mean, <laughs> we we sort of talked about that already. Uh, that you know, I'm, I'm really going to want to watch Kushwe. Um, you know, as a main tank myself, but also, um, you know, looking to looking for him to um, match lots of the expectations that um, got put on him after the uh, World Cup. It's just going to be 
really cool to watch that because uh, I think they're playing uh, like Shanghai very first game of the or very first mm-hmm. uh, it's like the last game of the first night or something uh, but yeah just to, to watch him take his place in there it's going to be cool yeah uh, I can't it can't not pick Gushuel I'll, I'll go Godsby just to just to differentiate I love Godsby I love I love his skill ever since uh, Apex era so um, he's been he's been a guy to watch he's finally in the big leagues um, I'm going to go with him on, on the DPS S- anticipated matchups for for Hung Joe, the spark, the pink and blue. Who you got? I feel like I'm always one step ahead of our uh, our question list here because I mean Hung Joe Shanghai right there, <laughs> right there at the um, beginning of the season. You know that's going to be the first match um, in which a Chinese team wins. Period. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's notable right there. But uh, yeah, other teams to look at. I mean. Uh, is it? Uh, I was gonna say, is it Guangzhou that has some of the other uh, uh, Team China Overwatch World Cup um, players? But no, I guess that's that's Chengdu that has some of those uh, Yate Long and Late Young um, and Evil Tall and stuff are playing there in Chengdu. So that'll be cool uh, seeing some of those former teammates uh, competing against each other. There's another response. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, Hangzhou. I mean, Vancouver with the pink and blue. I mean, you got you got lots of matchups. Any Chinese matchup, like you're saying, seeing. And I want to see. I want to see a Chinese roster make the make the playoffs. And it's it's looking like Hangzhou is that team. You know, um, so facing. I'm I'm most forward to looking looking forward to to them facing these Chinese teams um yeah as far as uh where they're gonna place uh, we've been doing like a three number placement sort of thing uh where do you where do you think they're gonna be placing Joe hmm. so yeah I mentioned that um reinforce had him like fourth over uh, the entire 20 team uh, the yeah. entire 20 teams fan and I'm not sure I would be that confident um you know I think uh Lots of my other predictions have been based, um, have been putting lots of weight on uh, prior OWL experience, and I think that's definitely uh, going to be a big factor for lots of these teams. Uh, that uh, you, you know, and it just makes sense logically that uh, these new season two expansion teams are going to have a harder time, um, especially at the beginning of the season, um, really, really getting into the the swing of things and getting. Um, you know, accustomed to some of these expectations, and I think so. As a result, it's going to be harder, uh, harder for the expansion teams. But uh, like I said, I think they are um, definitely one of the better ones there, and certainly, uh, it, I think it's fair to say going to be better than some of the um, existing rosters we've looked at so far. Uh, so that puts them easily. Um, hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, it's probably fair to say they'll be. Uh, I'll say like 10, 12, maybe something like that. Yeah. Which I mean, I, pro- I probably put like six teams in the ten, twelve range so far. But <laughs> eventually, we're gonna do a full, a full power ranking for each of us. I'm sure. So. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. We'll we'll work so it out. There. We'll get we'll actually get things straight. But we're, we're just we're sort of figuring out our feelings so far. On we're, we're getting there. You know, yeah. it takes time to make a really good power rankings, and we're we're getting there. Uh, I, I agree with you. I'd have a around the same place. Honestly, I, I don't think I I like that reinforce is coming out there and being different and being like, no, this team's gonna be top four. Like that's that's crazy to me. Um. I'll, I'll put them a little bit higher than you did. I'll put them 8 to 10 range. I do like this roster a lot. Um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it if they barely miss out on playoffs, though. Um, they've, they've got some talent, but you've, you've got tons of inaugural season talent out there still. Um, so if, if Hangzhou makes it, it, it might have to be a late run once they get used to uh, playing on the big stage. Um, so I don't think it's four. I think it's about eight to ten range. They've they've got a they've got a good roster. I'm impressed by it. Um, we'll see if we'll see if I change my mind once we get to the real power rankings. But we have one more team uh, to do this week. It's another Pacific team, and it's one um, that a lot of people a lot of people are liking this team, the San Francisco Shock, um, with some of some some people really really like this team's off season so joe are you, is that an automatic a out of you all this uh, specifically mr striker joining their team um yeah i mean that's um definitely what we're looking at i think i mean um uh, talking about you know cutting some of the um well not the slack i won't say but some of the excesses that they had on the roster um the, you know people who only played like one day out of the entire season, like ITDQD, or only played one stage out of the entire year, uh, like Doc and Nomi. Um, but, but but definitely pulling in people um, to really reinforce some of the things they're looking at. You know, we're looking at uh, Choi Yobin and, and Smurf on the main tanks, uh, backed up by Super and Nevix. You know, that's a that's a really strong um, tank line for for San Francisco as well as again really deep uh, DPS pool. Like I mentioned in our discussion about New York Excelsior uh, with uh, Rascal Baby based Striker Sinatra and Architect now um, all really good uh, uh, in their own sort of niches you know but to have that flexibility uh, backed up by Moth and Sleepy but also the addition of Violet uh, from uh, O2 in Korea uh, you know I, I think these are all really good moves um, that I'm not entirely sure uh, you know where where some of the weaknesses of um, this roster would be. I think probably if I had to um, pick a roll out of three it would be support, but um, definitely there's there's no reason for us to uh, for, for us not to be proven wrong. I think uh, by by this roster going into you know the early beginnings of uh, of season two. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely really excited. This is this is another another A roster. I think for me. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. They added some very talented players, but uh, I'm going to have to go B-ish, uh, mainly because of how many DPS players they added, uh, now having five, and they now have 12 total players on their roster, the biggest out of anyone uh, in the league. The, the second highest is 10 for most, um, and now they're they're at 12, um, and... We we know the story of London and how big their roster was and meshing two rosters together and how that didn't really work for them and how they just had to cut out the fat, basically, and that arguably led them to a championship, actually just straightening out 
who was good enough. And I think that's might be an issue San Francisco has right now. Um, I mean, you can't not pick up Stryker, even if you have four amazing DPS already. If, if Stryker wants to come to your team, it's like, and Stryker is their best DPS player now. So it's, you can't, I can't blame them for doing that, but they're going to have to make another move at some point in the season to um, either get some more cap space or or something. Something going on here. Um, just trading away a player for some money, maybe. Uh, because one of these DPS players, probably Baby Bay, is, is going to get virtually no time on that stage. So uh, I'm going to give it... I'll, I'll do B plus because these... these these people are very talented, um, very, very talented. So I'll give them a B plus. San Francisco Shock, a pretty crazy offseason for their team. Lots of, lots of new players, lots of new faces for a team that already was on very, very much on a hot streak at the end of the season. So uh, people are looking to these guys huge. Now that you have tons of talented DPS players, you got to give the standout player to a DPS, right, Joe? I mean, it's there's. There's uh, no reason that can't happen, but um, yeah, if I was going to try to pick something for San Francisco here, uh, again, looking at their 12-man roster, it's going to have to be... Um, hmm. it, it might be somebody like... Uh, yeah, we'll go DPS, why not? It might be somebody like Sinatra, uh, which is which is interesting that, uh, you know, that that's probably not the pick we'd expect um, again from this roster talking about how um, how dominant we're expecting a striker to be but um, for for Sinatra to find um, a spot obviously um, you know he was um, the DPS carry in, in, in different ways um, for San Francisco for San Francisco in season one but so to, to be able to watch him um, uh, not get replaced um, and, and find find a way to contribute to this team uh, like he had been doing you know for a really long time that's gonna be uh, it, it's gonna be important to watch him do that and to see exactly yeah uh, you know how he's gonna accomplish it either way uh, the, the uh, Sinatra is gonna be uh, good to watch yeah uh, I actually agree with you I think Sinatra is gonna be despite you architect striker rascal um, I think Sinatra is going to still be seeing significant playing time, um, just because of how flexible he is as a player. He can play Reinhardt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and he's he's great at he's he's great at flexing. So, um, this, despite him having tons of DPS players against him, I still think he's going to be seeing some some great playing time. But I gotta give it to Striker, my man, man. He's my He's, he's one of my favorite players from season one. Loved watching him. And something I realized um, the other day, Stryker returning, uh, reuniting with his, his old coach from Boston Uprising, Krusty. It's true. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think about that before, but a, a, a little bit of a reunion right there. I imagine he'll like him better uh, than Huck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I do. I imagine that, that Stryker did always like Krusty better than Huck and was sad when Krusty left. Um, a very, very unfortunate for Boston Uprising. We already talked about them, though. Um, yeah, I got to give it to Stryker. That guy is amazing. Uh, anticipated matchups for the Shock. Well, um, I, I don't know. I think this one is going to have to... Uh, I'm going to take this one by geography, actually. Um, that you know, with 
Um, season one, San Francisco Shock was, you know, a, f- a fairly lower tier team um, in general. You know, we didn't see tons of them going through. Um, but again, the way we're, um, the optimism we're having here going into um, season two, I want to see them um, and how they're able to play against their other California teams. Um, obviously, LA Valiant um, and LA Gliders are also going to be really good teams. Um, you know, coming into February, but I, I want to see how um, San Francisco is able to, um, you know, step it up um, and come in and um, slide in. I think because I think they will, uh, you know, ideally be able to slide right in next to them. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. California, they've got some great teams, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> um, <laughs> three fantastic teams. I th- I wouldn't be surprised if all three made the playoffs, which is crazy. Uh, but I'm going to go, like I was mentioning earlier, the Boston matchup. They play them once this season. Uh, Striker, the big rematch. Crusty, another big rematch. Uh, I'm going San Francisco Boston, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Striker play his best game against Boston. Honestly, he seems like the type of guy who likes revenge, and uh, I expect that one to be a, a big 4-0 win for Shock. Um, I'm excited for that. <laughs> I guess that's not as exciting or anticipate. I, I'm anticipating that moment. I think a lot of people are after, after the things that have come out about Huck. Um, compared to season one. Uh, so where, what, where exactly did Shock finish again? I want to say like obviously eighth or seventh. They didn't make playoffs. I think. Hmm. Why is Liquipedia not loading their page for me? Uh, yeah, I think you're about right. I think you're about right there. Ninth. Ninth was what they finished in the regular season. Obviously, they didn't have playoffs because they did not make it. Um, so if you translate ninth uh, to this season, it's um, somewhere around. It's in the bottom half. Um, somewhere around like... 14th 15th ish uh right in the middle right in the middle of the bottom half do you think they do better or worse the same than that i feel i feel like this one might be a little bit easy yeah i'm definitely looking at um definitely looking at a better season uh for san francisco um than they than they had in season one i mean um you know as far as the actual range i think we're definitely thinking top 10 um I think if I was going to go into more detail than that, I'd have to sit down and actually make a power ranking. But um, to definitely top half of the field, I think it's fair to say uh, for this squad as we're uh, making predictions. But uh, yeah, it's just going to be exciting. It's exciting to watch this uh, change. Yeah, I'm always excited to see a change and a, a rise in the rankings. Um I mean, San Francisco started, I feel like they would have had a much better season if they had Sinatra, if they had Super at the beginning of the season because those two players brought them so much. And then also if they had Krusty at the beginning of the season. Um, so they, they just had a lot of late additions um, to this roster, which was very unfortunate for them. Um in stage three, they finished fifth at six and four, and in stage four last season, they went five and five, uh, which comparatively to stage one and stage two, they went three and seven in both of those stages. So uh, once they added Sinatra and Super, they 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 did a lot better. Um, 
getting at least 500 or above in, in each stage. So uh, the addition of striker and a brand new season, I think it's I think it's obvious that they do better, and I completely agree with you. I'm probably going to have them in the top 10. Um, all right. Anything else to talk about these three teams before we sign off, Joe? Um, I'm not sure I do, no, other than uh, Fusion University is seconds away from a 3-0-ing second wind in the semifinals. <laughs> no. So that's most likely going to be happy. We're going to get the Philly-Atlanta uh, rematch that everybody wants on Sunday. Uh, so I guess we'll be talking about the results of that on next week's episode. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, well, I don't know. Now they're not seconds away anymore. They, they, all they have to Double. all they have to do is take the last third of Hanumura B in four minutes and twenty seconds. So <sighs> they can do it. Yeah, they can do that easy. It's gonna happen, guys. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave you. We'll they, leave you on a cliffhanger. Now you have to go look up and see yeah. how the results <laughs> how the results of the match was. <laughs> cliffhanger i like it uh this was this was episode number 20 the big 20 of on the flank uh as far as social media goes you can follow our personal twitters mine is at jw george iv joe's is at kirkpatrick underscore inc that's inc uh, our show has a twitter account it's at on the flank show uh, we also have an email on the flank show at gmail.com you can either tweet at us or you could send us an email if you have any topics you would like us to talk about on the show uh of course you're listening to this uh, in some way but if you want to listen to it in a different way you can go to on the flank.podbean.com you can go to my personal youtube which is linked on my twitter account it is john george you can find us on itunes or apple Podcasts if you are uh, an iphone user if you're an android user you can find us on spotify or google play thank you guys for listening uh we will check you guys out next week Yeah, I've had this. I've had this contenders match on the background. It's actually been really weird, or <laughs> uh, just exciting to watch. They had, um, particularly this Hanamura map. They had Snillo on Ash. They had Ash May on their first attack. Or no, no, Fusion's first defense was Ash May. Um, and and now Second Wind's um, defense. They've had they've had a Torb. They've had a Bastion. They've had yeah they did Bastion Symmetra on first point, and then carried that into second for a little bit. Now they're on Torb. Anyway, it's it's just been exciting. <laughs> they have, have fourteen thousand viewers. Dang, this is the most I've seen on Contenders. Yeah, well, it's just weird because the, the at least for a while the Bastion Symmetra was working really well just because it was so. Uh, they, they split them up so well. Like there was like three on each high ground or something. And they were able to teleport back and forth, but they just throw throw infusion for a loop. Wow, that's that's awesome. Anyway, sweet, good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, that was a nice long show. That works. <laughs>